Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. interested in having a discussion this was a discussion that we had on the chat yesterday um and i gave some thought about it and i still really don't know kind of what side i land on i'm kind of in the middle so i'd love to get your impact but um it started off because i was thinking i was thinking yesterday a lot about instant gratification right you guys know what instant gratification is And I feel like uh, the world, maybe it's, it's, I mean, technology definitely plays a bigger role. The world is geared towards having instant gratification. And it's something that's, it's, it's good and it's bad. Um, and I'm not going to lie. It's good to be able to kind of get whatever I want, whenever I want. Um, if I'm buying something on Amazon, I can boom, click it. And I got it right there. If I want to watch TV, I don't have to wait until... The rerun comes on, I can go on demand and boom, take it, and watch it like that. So there are definitely some good aspects of it. If I have a, a question that I can't answer, boom, Google search. I can get the answer right away. Um, but at the same time, this is also a negative because a lot of people are losing patience. A lot of people are you know, thinking that instant gratification is the norm, that it no longer takes, you know, hard work and time and discipline and time and hard work and time um, to get a really, really good result. People want the result right now without the investment put into it. They want to invest in something, whether it's a literal investment or investing in themselves, and they want the payoff right away. And that leads to a false reality um, it also leads to, if you, if you want to make it more trading specific, it, it, it leads to a lot of self-sabotage, right? I can't tell you how many traders I've spoken to where it's like, hey, Akil, I took this trade on Euro dollar and it hasn't hit targets yet. What do I do? I'm like, well, what's the trade doing? Well, I'm in profit about 50% to my target. I'm like, so you're complaining? That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, but it's been two days. Was there a time limit on? No, but should it have hit targets by now? I, I don't know. I, I wish I did know when. To, <laughs> I wish I did know exactly when each trade would hit. Like no, like just be be patient. Be patient. Wait, 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 wait. But because they have this desire, this need, it's really like a drug. They're fiending for this this instant feedback, this instant gratification. An easy way to get that, if we go back to the trading example, is what. Right? If you're in a trade and you want the instant gratification of making money and price is only halfway to your targets, what is a very simple way to get that desired need? 
you cash out, right? You cash out. Instead, I think I think uh, I also think it's related to the increasing wealth gap. I, I think yeah, I think a lot of things are. Um, I think there are there are many moving parts in that, but I, I do think mindset is is one of them. Um, you know, if, if we we kind of go down that path a little bit, I mean, so and and, and I think it is. I, I think. Part of it is people are not willing to do the work and do the investment. And I'm, I'm going to share a few some pretty wild numbers on investing a little bit later in this, in this conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think it's I, I think that shift in mindset is separating itself where the people that want instant gratification that aren't willing to work, that aren't willing to invest. They're getting a certain result. And the people that are, they're getting a different result. Now, that's not the only thing, obviously. But yeah, I, I certainly think mindset is part of that. And, and it's getting worse. Um, it's getting worse. But I kind of lost my train of thought right here. But yeah, so, so when you desire that instant gratification, you're not going to do the things necessary to be a successful trader. Because we know that successful trading, you know, you need a strategy. You need risk management but at the end of the day it's psychology right it's it's discipline it's risk management right not needing to make a million dollars overnight it's not trading too much of an inflated position size so that you know you have a hundred percent return on every trade it's about taking very 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 small bites of profit out of the market consistently would you guys agree But what do we see on the internet all the time, right? I just, you know, I was watching one of my videos yesterday and there's an ad that came on. It's like, guess how I made a million dollars over the COVID, uh, over the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm like, so you made a million dollars in like the last three weeks with a cast on my leg. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's the message that's being put out there. Right. And the message that, you know, I, and don't get me wrong. I think we've changed the industry, especially since we've started. Um, and I think we've inspired a lot of others. But our message has always been, yeah, um, you're not going to make a million dollars right away. It's going to take you a lot of time. It's going to take you a lot of effort, a lot of hard work, probably a lot of disappointment, a little bit of pain. Um, but if you do it the right way, longer term, you'll get there. When you, you fast forward 10, 15 years from now, right, you'll be amazed at what type of returns you can have with little risk. Would you rather hear that or would you rather hear I made a million dollars during the pandemic? Right. If you want that instant gratification, you'd rather hear I'd make a million dollars over the pandemic because you're like a million dollars. Three months? Well, three months sounds a lot, a lot better than 10 years, right? I want it now. And again, typically you end up in, in, in the failure house when that happens. So, you know, instant gratification is, 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 a, is a big negative. Um, but it made me think about some other things, right? Because yesterday was Bobby Bonilla Day, and I'll explain what that means in a little bit. But it made me think about some other things as well. Um, one, and I, I don't know if this is maybe a little bit of instant gratification. Have you guys ever heard what we spoke about in here? But you guys remember the Bitcoin pizza story? Has anyone not heard of that? So the Bitcoin pizza story, rumor has it, it was the first kind of real world transaction of Bitcoin. Right. Bitcoin, obviously, um, electronic currency um, traded across the black markets <laughs> or the Internet and all this fun stuff. But it was it was never actually used to make like a real world transaction. Like you never nobody ever went to the store and said, hey, I'm going to buy these groceries. I'll give you some Bitcoin. So 
I think it was, and I don't know the details, I think it was either a programmer or someone, um, and he was rewarded with Bitcoin. And at the time, this was like 10 years ago, um, I think 2010, right? Um, at the time, Bitcoin was worth like less than a penny, right? So it was complete, basically worthless at the time, right? So he had these Bitcoins that he was either, I think he was given it or either he minded or given it. And he went to the chat and he said, hey, I'll give 10,000 Bitcoins to anyone that brings me, a, delivers me a pizza. Right. So someone took him up on the offer. He ended up getting two pies and gave the guy 10,000 10, bitcoins. Right. And at the time, it's like, you know, 10, you know, less than a penny, whatever like this, this is a worthless piece of you know, funny money. Um, you fast forward 10 years later and, you know, those two pizzas would have been worth about 80 million dollars. Right. So, you know, you look at it in hindsight, it's like, ooh, I hope those pizzas were good. Um and that's not exactly, I don't want to say this was an instant gratification thing because, again, the times were different. Who could have, I guess some people did, obviously, but I don't know if you would have thought it would be worth $80 million now. But at the time, the guy's like, hey, I want pizza. I got this thing. Instead of holding on to this investment, um, I'll, 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 you know, I, I want something in return right now. And again, not a not a exact example of instant gratification, but this is kind of how my brain went. Because the next example that I thought about was and this is where I need your guys' help, was yesterday was Bobby Bonilla Day, right? And, and Bobby Bonilla is an interesting story, right? He's a former Major League Baseball player, right? And he was a really good baseball player, right? I, I grew up watching him. My family's from New York, um, so we watched a lot of Mets uh, games, uh, for better or for worse. Um, for better, I guess, back then. I'm a Phillies fan, uh, but we watched a lot of Mets growing up. And he was a pretty decent baseball player, but he is known, he's not known for his baseball. He is known for having or being part of either the best or worst contract, depending on where you look at it, in history. And here, here's the Bobby Bonilla contract, right? So it was had to be 1999 was his last year playing. And he had about six million, I think like 5.9 or 5.6, something like that. Six, let's call it six million dollars left on his contract. And, you know, what happens is when, you know, a team doesn't want you around, they don't want to pay you, they, they buy you out. So the Mets had an option, right? Let's buy him out of the contract. It gets him off the books. It gets him off our team. Everything's settled, right? You pay him six, $6 million up front, you're gone. But they decided to do something else. They decided, hey, how about this? And I don't know who set up the arrangement, who was the one that, that, that put it this way. If it was Bobby Bonilla, it's genius. But he said, okay, well, instead of taking my buyout right now, $6 million cash up front, I'm going to take a delayed contract, right? You don't have to pay me anything for 10 years. But in 10 years, here's the agreement. Here's the kicker. And this is real, right? In 10 years... You're going to pay me a minimum of $1.2 million, right? It has like an 8% interest clause in there. So I don't, you know, it's different each year, obviously. But you're going to pay me a minimum of $1.2 of million for 25 years. Now, what do you guys think about that deal? So starting in 2011, I think, until 2035, he gets... He wakes up every July 1st, and that's why it's called Bobby Bonilla Day, and he's got a million plus in his account for 25 years. The man hasn't played baseball in a long time. 
Now the question is who, well, I guess we, we know who won the deal. But the two questions are, what do you think you would do in that position? Would you be willing to, and we had this conversation before about another topic. It was me, Darren, and Jason had a nice little podcast on it, kind of a, a roundtable discussion. But would you, would, would, would you be willing to do that? Would you take the $6 million up front? Or would you take a delayed $1.2 million plus for 25 years, but you had to wait 10 years to get it? Where do you guys stand on that? Instant gratification or delayed long-term gratification? I know Glenn yesterday said, well, I would have took that $6 million and bought Bitcoin <laughs> well before Bitcoin was around. But, uh, but it's, it's, an, it's an interesting. I think, the, I think the obvious answer, especially in hindsight, is long-term, right? What a retirement plan. You get one. You get a million dollars a year for twenty-five years. By the way, he's got another contract with another team who gives him five hundred thousand dollars a year for twenty-five years. This man is good. But the other end is, or do you take that six million dollars up front and invest it? And you, you may ask yourself, so why did the Mets make the deal? Well, at, this, at the at the time, the Mets were in bed with uh, this guy Bernie Madoff. Ring it, ring a bell at all? Anybody heard of that name? Bernie Madoff. Seriously, nobody. Big Ponzi scheme, stealing money. Yeah, Google search Bernie Madoff. Right, he got I think like a hundred and fifty year sentence in jail and had the big Ponzi scheme. But at the time, he was like this super investor and. What's interesting is this, right? He wasn't really a super investor. He wasn't even outperforming the uh, uh, the S and P at the time. I don't believe he was. He was because uh, I, I didn't know the details of what he was doing. I figured he was like making like thirty percent a year. He was he averaged like one percent a month. He was making like eleven or twelve percent a year. Um, and during that same period, the S and P was making like sixteen percent a year. So he wasn't even a super investor. But I think the key was like he never had a losing year. I don't think he ever had a losing year. He, he may have not ever had a losing month. But I was always under the impression that he was this, you know, 30% a year trader or investor. He was 12%. Which, on another subject, right? I say 12% and people get excited. What do you hear about in this industry? What do you say? What, what, what happens if you go on the internet and say, hey, man, I made 12% this year? You're going to get laughed at, are you not? Again, different. I don't think there's a realistic perspective of what can be had from this market. When people are talking about, hey, 100% returns a year just gives you a better clue of how ridiculous that is on a consistent basis with low risk. He made 12% a year, but very, very low risk. I forgot if it was like he never had a losing year, never had a losing month. Um, losing month kind of seems ridiculous, but he was really, really good at what he was doing. And at the time, the Mets were in bed with him, um, with their investments. So my guess my guess is, is they said this, and OG says upfront at my age. That's a good point, OG. You got to wait 10 years and then 25 years later? Yeah, good point. The, the, my guess is the Mets said this, right? Instead of paying this $6 million right now, how about we keep that $6 million and we invest it? And I did some quick numbers on there, right, with, with kind of Bernie's expected returns. If they invested it over the 10-year period before they had to start paying them, that $6 million would have turned into about $16 million. 
by the time, um, and I, I, I guess I didn't do the full thing. I got to add some more years. By the time they were about halfway through paying Bobby Bonilla off, that six million would have turned into about ninety-one million. I'm just gonna add ten more years real quick. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. By the time they were done paying him off, oops, that that does not look right at all. What is that? Yeah, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to redo that. But the, the basically, yeah, so if, if you go halfway through the point where they had to pay Bobby Bonilla off, they turned six, that six million that they would have paid him up front would have been about 91 million. And then you keep compounding that, obviously that goes into the billions, right? If they're assuming they're going to get this consistent return from this guru, right? So was it really a bad deal for them? And that's the interesting dilemma when you have conversations like this. Do you take the safe route? Is it the right answer to take the safe route and say, hey, 1.2 guarantee for 25 years? Or, and it's really over a 35-year period because you have to wait 10, you have to wait 10 years for that 25-year cycle to start. Or do you say, hey, I can take that six mil. And if I start investing it now, I'm going to outperform what I would make in the long run. And we had this conversation the other day in one of our Q&As. We were talking about different ways to fund your trading business. We talked about, you know, start, uh, you know, signal services and prop firms and all that fun stuff. Another uh, question that came up and we did a podcast on this was, do you take out a loan? And it's really kind of the same debate when when you're when you're going when you're looking at that, right? Is it okay to, to take out a loan to start your trading business? If you're someone that doesn't have a lot of capital and, and you want to start a trading business, either to you know just want to have more money in your account or you want to reduce hours or, or trade full time, is it okay to take out a loan? What do you guys think? Well, yeah, if you can outperform it, of course it is. If you can outperform it, if you can outperform it, eh, you're going to be in trouble. But if you can outperform your loan, right, that cash, if, if the cash you get from that loan is going to allow you to make more than what it's going to cost you to repay the loan, then it's certainly worth it. Because instead of waiting and saving 10 years to take your account from 5000 to 50000 whatever it may be, you can get that 50000 up front. And if you're good at what you're doing, right, you're going to out you're, you're going to return much more than what that loan is going to cost you. So it's definitely a positive deal. So I think the Mets were just betting on themselves. Now it failed because dude was scamming people and went to jail, so it failed ridiculously. But I went into this yesterday thinking, like, why would you ever like why, that's the, the dumbest deal I ever heard of? Like why would you, why would you, because they look like fools every single year. But then you got to think about it. I mean, something, you know, you want to assume that people in these high places making these decisions are smart. You, you would think. I think a lot of things are questionable, but you would think. And I, and I started kind of thinking, you know, aside from Captain Obvious, because, you know, Captain Obvious is like, oh, yeah, stupid Mets. Um, but it's actually, it, it when you look at the numbers, it's actually not a bad deal because you're going to end up paying him about $30 million total over a 35-year period. 
But when you've turned six million into whatever billion over that same 35 year period, <laughs> that's nothing. That's tipping a waitress, right? So it's actually, I, I, don't, I don't think the deal was bad on both ends. I, I think Bobby Bonilla's deal was good because he gives himself long-term security. I think the Mets deal was good because they were looking at a, a they were looking at the, inv the investment numbers. It just again, it just happened. The person that was doing their investing ended up being a bad guy. They got it was unfortunate. But it's always that interesting debate between kind of I guess on two subjects. One is instant gratification. Do I take less now when I can have more later? Right. And being able to sacrifice the now, whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's, you know, whatever, in hopes of the later. Right. Look at my trading journey. I sacrificed two years of struggling for what? 13 years of success or 10 years of success. What, what year is it? 13 years. Of, 12, yeah. 10 years of success. 10, 11 years of success. Right. That sacrifice was well worth it in hindsight, of course. In real time, it didn't seem like it. But also the same debate of betting on yourself. Is it worth is it worth it betting on yourself for the now and taking the riskier approach, taking a leap of faith, right? Jumping out of that comfort zone now instead of taking the safe way later. So two two very interesting con uh, concepts there. Um, Darren says, as long as your proven strategy outperforms interest, yeah. And again, you, you have to be ready. So I'm not saying like you learn how to trade the next month you take out a big loan. No, you've got to be someone that you've you've probably done your year and a half. So you know, you're you're you know, let's 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 take someone like Cody for example, because I know he's he's been here for a while. Where Cody's trained and then he's done the demo route and he's tested his strategy and he's done these things for a prop firm and he's 100% confident. Like, hey, what I'm doing is working. The only thing that I'm missing is the capital. Right now, it's no different than if you're managing money for others, you know, aside from you're just, you're just getting a business loan. So it's no different than you've got a startup business with a proven kind of model. You just need a loan to start your business up. So, yeah, you got to be ready for it, of course. But once you are, yeah, I think it's definitely worth it. And you would assume by then you, you can run all the numbers. Right. You know exactly you know exactly what the interest is going to be on your loan. You know exactly when the repayment dates are going to be. Right. It's like buying a house. Right. You know exactly when everything's paid. You look at your numbers and you make the smart decision. Eddie says, uh, never thought, of like, thought about it like that. Honestly, I was always scared of loans. It is scary. It, it is scary to owe. Um, I started my real estate business with a loan. Scariest thing I've ever done because the first thing I did was I got into a massive amount of debt, right? You signed that paper. Congratulations, Mr. Stokes. You're $25,000 in debt. Yay. Like, wait a minute. I thought I was supposed to be making money. I just signed this paper and now I'm, I'm, in, I'm in even more debt. So it's hard, but you, you gotta you gotta be you gotta be thinking long term, and that's I think that's again going back to instant gratification. A lot of us don't think long term because we can't we can't initially feel that pain. We can't we we can't kind of we can't visualize that pain that pleasure I should say we can't visualize that pleasure ten years from now 
while we're we're currently suffering from the pain currently. It, it's 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 tough because we, we live in the now. We live in the now. Um, I would take the money up front. Then I would totally. Then I would have total time freedom and can use all of my time to learn about trading and investment, and also have fun with my life of traveling. Yeah. Although six million goes quick. Unless you're an investor. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's and, and this is the conversation we had last time we had a debate like this. It's personal goals as well. It depends on a lot of things. What's your what's your situation? If you're older, you may not have 35 years to wait. Or you may have grandkids, you may work out a clause where it's like, hey, when I'm when I'm gone, everything if I don't make it, everything goes to my grandkids. You may like to travel, right? So it's, 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 there's, no, there's never going to be one answer for everyone. It, it depends a lot on your situation. It depends a lot on your values. Um, I don't know what I would do. I haven't really given any thought. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Um, the aggressive part of me says I would have taken the $6 million. Um, but I think it, it depends a lot on, on where I was at in my life as well. Um, I can do a lot with six million. That that will create more than six or whatever thirty million, thirty five years from now. Um, so me, I, I think again, depending it, if it were me now, I think I would take the money. If you would ask me ten years ago when I was a, a newer trader, thirteen years ago, a newer trader, I don't, I don't know. I probably would have taken the safety route because I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. At this point, I know exactly what I would do with it. So it's different. I can run the numbers and say, okay, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But 13 years ago, I, I, I know I would have done anything stupid with it, but like, I don't, I probably would have blown it learning how to trade. <laughs> um, I probably would have taken the money up, or I, probably, I probably would have taken the safety net earlier, right? When I, when I started and I'm, I'm 20 years old and, and you're telling me when I'm from 30 to, to 55, I can get a million in my bank account. I'll, I'll probably, I would probably would have taken that because I, I would have no, I would know, I have no idea what to do with 6 million back then. You tell me that now it's a, it's a, a different, a different story. Um, so interesting conversation. I appreciate you guys joining in that. That's something that's been on my, my mind since, since yesterday. And, um, I think I think it just it tickles the brain. It makes it it makes it fun to kind of just think about those scenarios. Because believe it or not, many of you guys are going to be in those scenarios. It may not be a, a six million dollar contract buyout. Um, it may not be uh, eighty million dollars worth of pizza. Um, but it may be something simple where you have to come to the the the, uh, the crossroads of like, hey, I'm good at trading. Um, do I take a loan out and start a trading business? Do I invest in myself now? Do I you know? Remove maybe some money from some old investment account that's not going to do anything, right? So it's good to it's good to have those thoughts. It's good it's good to have those thoughts. So I need money now. <laughs> Instant. We all, we all need money now. We all need money now. All right. Good stuff. I like that. Good stuff. Bye.